0: this is the refuge
1: project welcome to the refuge project the refuge project is a place we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place i am your host pastor david we got james hey hey and we got adam here today hey how y'all doing how you guys doing
0: man I'm doing pretty good. I yeah. can't
1: complain. Enjoying this weather? Mm hmm. And it's been beautiful the last few days.
0: Man, I missed whatever the last podcast was. Yeah. Because I was out of town or something. Uh-huh. I feel like I haven't done this in like a couple months. Weeks. Yeah, or something. Yeah. That's what it feels, it feels Man, like. Man, I tell you,
1: it's it's weird because um, this is a good time for us. You know, I, I love doing the, the podcast and speaking uh, to you guys. And I think one of the greatest things about it is, is like the. The relationships that we build, doing it, you know, weekly and kind of getting the the inside of each other's personalities and different things Well, if you talk to
0: somebody for, you know, an hour, hour and a half or whatever, on a a regular basis, like... Yeah, you're going to develop some kind of relationship. Wish though. I
1: had a devel- developing relationship with Pastor Caesar. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh <yeah.
0: laughs>
2: They Hit
1: him with
3: that sad. Uh,
1: now shout out to Pastor Caesar. He's leading a prayer meeting tonight, so uh, we're not going to hold it against them. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, he, he's doing and that, and we're work. not. Yeah, we're not. We're doing podcasts and yeah. making fun of him. So yeah,
0: doing the Lord's work. You that's know. right. That's right. Somebody's got to do it. So has got to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, everything's good, man. I tell you, um, uh, we've been super, super busy, and but just kind of moving right along. Um, any news? Anything y'all got going?
3: Uh, yeah, we got some going. So this past week was a roller coaster. Yeah, our smallest one, our little daughter. We just found out she's allergic to eggs.
0: Yeah, dude, is that why you were Victoria couldn't find you on Sunday?
3: No, no, oh, no, okay. no not, no. This was yeah, live stomach live issues. Live. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I'm just
0: <laughs> <talking>.
3: <laughs> No, I was taking her to the nursery. That's,
0: okay. why, that's why I couldn't find yeah, they her, like, well, it you because <laughs> saw It does matter
3: Yeah. It's just so weird. Like, she and just, not not just the eggs, but milk too, right? Well, they say a they said like a small percentage. I don't know what that means in doctor term. Right. But we were still giving her milk, and she wasn't having any issues. But we kind of just took it all away just to, until we can see an allergist which is like all dairy. Yeah, all dairy. Yeah. But the allergists, they say, will know more because their they're practice allergist? is that, and yeah. they apparently know what, it's what they do. About. Mm-hmm. But who knows? We'll see. We'll get it figured out. It's kind of weird not eating food with eggs, though. Like, there's so much stuff. Mm-hmm. So y'all, like, y'all, like y'all doing the whole eggs out, too? Yeah, we got no eggs in the house at all. Wow. We were already out, and we just didn't buy no more. Wow, oh,
1: so y'all just going all in on the family, right? Everybody. Well, Everybody. she used
3: to eat eggs every day.
1: I know. I used to feed her eggs off my plate, <laughs> like on my salad and stuff. I would just yep. like feed it to her. And then all of a sudden, she just broke out with all the stuff on her. Out of nowhere, too. Yeah, it just was crazy.
3: Yeah, it's crazy because we went to uh, we went to Roadhouse. She can't eat nothing from there. The well, rolls crazy. have egg in them. Yeah, everything's good. The salad. It comes with egg. You can't that's even our spot too. That's like you where can't we go. give her the salad because it's got <laughs> little pieces of egg. She in have it. like
0: chicken nuggets or something?
3: No, no, because the, no, the bread is the, the Egg wash. Yeah, yeah. 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 Grilled You're chicken saying. and veggies. That's it. Yeah, she's gonna be healthy. Yeah, yeah. Fruit, grilled chicken. I mean, any kind of
0: meat. You'll know really. every time she's like broken her diet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, they uh, say they
3: grow out of it, so who knows? But. Two emergency room visits is not fun. Yeah, yeah. Man. James, where'd you go?
0: Where did I go? You went out of town? Yes. Man, that feels like it's so long ago. I was <laughs> like, I went somewhere. Uh, I went to Green, Texas. Oh, so, yeah. right up by New Braunfels and yeah. all. Uh, there's this thing called the Texas Clay Festival that happens every year. <laughs> okay. Oh, and, yeah, I saw y'all uh, went to there, yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal in the, like, ceramics world. Yep. That's, like, where everybody goes and Anyway, so if you've been to Green, you know, like to the Grist Mill and all that area before, um, you know, there's, they have a thing called the Pottery Barn, um, which has a bunch of ceramics from different local people and stuff. And anyway, there's like that field there. So the whole field is filled up with, I think they had over 80 uh, different artists there. They all got their own little booth and everything, yep. with all their stuff set up.
1: And So y'all were just looking or y'all had a booth?
0: No, we were, we were attending. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. No. so... So walking around, checking And uh, then just kind of tell
1: the people why y'all were attending, right? No, it wasn't because you <laughs> are into Clay, right? Hey, I could
0: be into Clay, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool, but... um, Yeah, no, so Tara and... Is your, um, who is Tara? Tara is my wife. Yeah. That's right. Since man.
3: when? <laughs> since
0: later. <like>, how long has <laughs> so it been since I've been on this me? podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she does... Serve, that's what she does. Uh, she's about to graduate from U of H with her bachelors and shout out cougars Her bachelors event. in clay in clay basically yeah. hey you
3: know what let me tell you something about clay i found out today all let's right? find out man let's hear it so i don't know nothing about clay
0: but let know. me tell you what i do
3: know <laughs> so this guy at my job today was telling me we were talking about like odd jobs for whatever reason and he was telling me he knows this lady who since she was in height since she was like in junior high age she was all about clay, ceramics or whatever. Yeah. So then she went out and learned everything about ceramics, clay, got her degree in it in college, like all this stuff. What well, turns out ceramics is like in a lot of things. Yeah, man. And she works now for like Exxon mm-hmm. doing ceramics and clay. Writing well, her own paycheck. Cause some of the some of the stuff they do in the plant requires it. And she's like the guru of it now. Play Guru, yeah, it's kind of weird, right? I never knew that. Yeah, Found that's that not out quite
0: today. what Tara's doing. But. No.
3: <laughs> Tara's doing more of the, uh,
0: much more on the Patrick Swayze, side. you know, crazy thing.
3: Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but yeah, so her and a couple of her friends that she went to school with, I think they both just graduated. Yeah, like the semester before. With ceramics too. Yeah, and okay. uh, so they all were like, "Yo, we'll will go." And uh, they've got like their fiance. Oh, well, I think one of them's married, and I think the other one's engaged. I don't quite remember. Anyway, they're, they, so they were all like, hey, we'll we'll go up there. We'll get like an Airbnb or something. We can bring the guys. Mm. And so I basically got stuck into like a weekend long triple date with some strangers. <laughs> so that was a little interesting, but yep. it was fine. They were cool. You know, they nice people. Yeah. At least you
1: didn't go up there and they were like weirdos or something. No, no, no. Yeah, like yeah. hitting on you, you know, and it's just like, nah, bro, don't swing that way.
3: Yeah, I'm Not that into clay be- that much. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're trying to reenact the, the Patrick Swayze movie. What was, what was the
3: name of that movie? <clears throat>
2: oh, no, they're no, all leaning Swayze.
1: over the clay and they're doing it with oh, their oh, hands. Oh, I didn't know that scene though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: That's what I'll find All you Refugee
1: Project listeners, y'all know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> Must be an old movie.
1: Yeah, you know <laughs> it, kind of it, <laughs> it is kind of an old movie. It's not an old movie. It's an old movie. That's cool. That's but, cool. Yeah, we
0: were. I was up there all weekend. So yeah. Nice. I, uh, in Green,
1: Texas, they have one of the oldest honky-tonks. Yeah. The uh, Green uh, Hall. Green I don't think Hall. you can say that anymore. Honky-tonk? That's uh, what it's called. It's oh, called okay. a honky-tonk. I mean, that's what yeah, it says on it, the side like of a the building. A honky-tonk. That, yeah. Yeah. But it had a, like, you know, Green Hall has like all the country stars before they were stars that mm-hmm. could, would come through there and that would mm, be in, one cool. in of the places <laughs> that... If you got to green, you was actually making yeah. it, you know. We listened to
0: a band there while we were there. Oh, really? Yeah. So how fun. was it? It was cool. Well, I mean, cause, so the festival is literally across the street from yeah. the place you're just oh, talking okay, about. That's cool. So at some point, like when it was really hot and we were going to eat lunch, uh, of course, you just walk across the street and go to the grist mill. But there's like an hour or half wait or whatever it is. Dang. So
1: Yeah, and the gristmill is cool, too, because you're yeah. like up in the trees and <clears> stuff <throat> like that. Yeah.
0: So we went, got our name on the list, and then we walked to the... Walked across the field to the uh, Green Hall, hung out there, listened to the band for like 45 minutes or whatever while we were waiting for a table. So how did it sound in there? It sounds good.
1: Yeah, because it's, um, like I said, it's really old. And if you see the dance floor, man, the dance floor is like...
0: It's from like the 1800s or something Yeah, sanded
1: smooth by cowboy boots. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just just really cool old stuff. And then up in the rafters, it's just like really old Mm -hmm. stuff that's been up there for ages yeah, yeah I think it's yeah.
0: literally from like the 1800s yeah it's a I'm pretty honestly. cool place
1: we stopped in there and got a soda and and checked it out the last time we was there so yeah mm, that's yep. cool yep 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 let's jump right into culture corner
0: James what you got for us today uh we got some good stuff today so uh I was gonna figure we talk about the Astroworld thing uh, that everybody's been talking about. You've probably already heard some Mm -hmm. about it, but if not, here we go. So, Astroworld. um, Most of you probably know it used to be the uh, the uh, we call it amusement park, the park, whatever,
3: roller coasters and stuff,
0: which was super cool. Um, I used to love that place. Yep. Um, But anyway, we were uh, old enough
3: to go, right? Like we went. I used to go all
0: the time. Yeah. And so did Travis Scott. The uh, he's a rapper. And anyway, so he has a festival that's been going on for I think a few years now. Or right. at
1: least five years. Yeah. A yeah, Houston based rapper Houston-based, that's yeah, made here. it big. He's like Dayton Kardashians and stuff now, if you don't yeah. know who he is. So he's a, yeah. Kardashian. Well they you got his it. babies. Yeah. yeah. So it's
3: more than Dayton. Exactly.
0: So he had his and his festivals called Astroworld, So it's like Astroworld World themed and anyway he has it in Houston, so they had that and um the uh, there was a big a bunch of people died at his festival in a and so they said, "What is it? Eight people died and yep. over a hundred got injured." And what happened was, is they had way too many people at this concert, and allegedly, uh, allegedly, there's a, a. It's also alleged that they oversold the tickets, and there's also all this footage of these people. I don't know. Y'all probably saw them where they're just like storming the gate to get in.
3: Yeah. I thought that was a little ridiculous. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So they're it's like climbing like, fences to get over. With the video I saw, like, they're just like,
0: they just like swarm in the gate. And there's like two security guards or something. Yeah. And there's, you know, just yeah, like there's a, more security guards for like a, a graduation like that yeah.
3: is attended in the stadium. Yeah. Anyway, so an
0: the crowd's out of control. Travis Scott comes on stage and everybody pushes towards the, uh, towards the stage, and these people end up getting, I don't know what the technical word Exfixi- is for, but... Exfixiated. Yeah, just from too much, too many people and all the pressure of everything. Yeah,
1: they were saying, that the, the article I read said there was actually so much pressure on the people that every time they breathed in, the pressure would just push their, lung, their, their lungs, their, the lungs their chest and, mm-hmm. uh, closer to closer where they couldn't inhale, they was only able to exhale. I
0: also heard uh, that some of the gates that were there at the concert were supposed to be able to withstand like a thousand pounds of pressure and they were getting knocked over so mm-hmm. you can kind of imagine like that how much pressure was going on to these people so anyway so he's taking a lot of flack from it because <coughs> um supposedly once so at some point some people were knocked out mm-hmm. or it was probably when they died and there was an ambulance that was trying to get through the crowd and so it's like slowly moving across the crowd and um so it like, kind of stops the show and he sees all that go on and uh, he ends up just like continuing to do the concert for like another half hour or so before they shut it down. So he's taking a lot of flack from. Yeah. I've seen,
3: um, I've seen a video. Well, I heard of someone seeing a video of, it was from a, like a Snapchat story of this like popular, I guess, popular girl. And um, she climbed up to where the security guards were on this, speaker poll or something and was saying like it's on her on her story or video that telling the security guards hey you need to Mm. shut it down shut it down and the security guards telling her you need to get down or i'm gonna push you off yeah like get down or push you off it's crazy and it was crazy too because like this this little um piece i i saw on it too was that some something happened to where the crowd was so close to the stage that One of the kids that was there was able to, like, either touch Travis Scott's shoes, grabbed his shoes, something like that. And then he, Travis Scott, the artist, was telling the crowd to beat him up.
0: Well, that's another thing he's getting a lot of fight for. He's always been known for, like, kind of... Encouraging the crowd to be wild and like you know yeah. get in here, break down the fence. We don't care. Like get in here. We want the wild. Like I, yeah, you like he, they
3: want the wild crowd. The people get in. So that's another saying, reason why
0: he's taking a bunch of flag.
3: I, I mean, I've seen. I'm even seeing ads on it now. Like, um, like if you were at World, call me. I'm a lawyer. This and that. Like that mm-hmm. is just coming out. I don't know if they did it or not, but I also heard that the company that put the show on has already refunded that whole day whoever Hmm. attended like the whole show basically yeah this is I mean it's just a control it's just gonna get
1: worse it was
0: bad all around
1: yeah then they're just trying to like control the chaos at this point yeah um now you know talking from the artist standpoint and and I know like this has happened at other you know other um concerts and stuff before Mm -hmm. um I heard the lawyer come out. He's he's suing you know the company that's put put this this whole thing on and stuff like that. Yeah. What responsibilities does the artist have um, in these type of situations? You know, I think that when you're up there doing a concert, you see a lot of crazy stuff going on from city to city. Mm-hmm. Um, unless somebody comes up and says, "Hey, man, there's people dying out there." Yeah, like you just do what you do and mm-hmm. do your music and stuff, and um, but you got to think like. If that stuffs go on, and, and you're Travis Scott or you're Randy Travis or you're whoever it is, you know what is the responsibility for the artist to be able to say, "Hey, enough is enough." I don't know, and, and I think if I was the artist, I'm like, "Hey, I don't have no responsibility here. I didn't yeah. sell the tickets. I didn't set up the the security. I didn't yeah. do any of that. So I don't want my name on it." You know? Right.
3: Yeah. Part so- of the part of the problem he's facing though is, like James said, his concerts are known for this this crazy acting yeah mm-hmm. like the out the act that the um like the crowd getting crazy pushing people beating people up in the stadium in the crowd whatever it is um there's also i saw that he has a lawsuit out from 2015 for the same thing happened there wow. whether not enough security people were you know trampled on stepped on mm-hmm. stampede um Crazy stuff. And then yeah, like you said, you think of other concerts. I mean, one of the famous Selena concerts was that the whole stage Mm -hmm. tore apart when they were pushing up on it. Right. And the band stopped. I mean, they stopped playing because they were gonna get Mm -hmm. hurt at that point. Right. You know, and they backed out, they got out. Even um back in the Las Vegas shooting, um now I can't I'm drawing a blank on the country artist name now. Um (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i don't remember who it was i know you a blank though. but
3: anyways i mean after his concert when that happened he said he's never doing a concert again wow because he felt like he was responsible for it because he had this mass crowd out there just to hear his music
0: Yo, and did, you know? we, did we mention the thing about the guy running around with the needle did i mention that No. oh, no. oh yeah okay and so then there's also been these reports that are like i guess unconfirmed of people running around the crowd and injecting members of the crowd with a needle uh, and with some kind of drug. And nobody seems to know what the deal was with that. But some of the people that got... um, What's the word? They were getting helped for their injuries or whatever. And they were like, yeah, and this dude came up and stabbed me in the back of my neck with this needle. Or something, yeah. And they'll have these marks on them. And they're like, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. So apparently there's some dude just running around Jabbing drugs in people too.
3: Yeah, because I saw an interview with one of the guys. He had, he had like a mark in on his neck, and he had said that somebody he could feel like he felt like a prick, like on the back of his neck. But the concert was going on, so he didn't really mm-hmm. like think anything of it at the time. And they checked him out, and he had something injected in him. And the guy was saying he's like, I don't even do drugs. Like I don't, I don't do anything. I don't get high. I don't do none of that stuff. So I guess he had a pretty bad reaction to it for yeah. somebody that's not right in that state at all or anything or introduced to something new. I mean, I don't know, but he, whenever he was getting checked out by one of the ambulance guy, guys that happened to him.
1: Las Vegas, uh, Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then the other thing, when we talk about the Travis Scott stuff, so well, when you set precedent, like it all your concerts and stuff that that stuff is going to come up and mm-hmm. and where he might not have been held liable for this because it was a lack of preparation on some of his management team and stuff like that.
2: Yeah,
1: it might come back on him now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, be- because of it. All right, I got a little bit more of an uplifting story, and um, it's kind of there's a lot of news out right now about this. It's kind of hitting the hitting the scene, but. It says Marlon, Marlon, Marilyn, 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 Marilyn Manson uh, is a Christian now. Um, and he was recently seen at Kanye's Sunday service was Justin Bieber praying for him. Um, and so that, the, you know, the question is, um, is he a Christian now? And he came out holding uh, with a picture of him holding the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says that he's not confirming or denying it. Uh, So I think this one of the things where he's maybe trying to walk, you know, trying to figure this thing out himself. Yeah, trying to work it out. It was it was interesting that his second studio album was called the Antichrist Superstar.
0: Yeah, he he was known for some pretty uh, yeah pretty gnarly stuff, pretty
1: crazy stuff. So
0: you know, just I
1: think that we're starting to see. But wasn't isn't his parents like? His dad was a preacher or something like that. If uh, I remember right, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I don't know anything um, about
3: his backstory.
1: And the same was J- Justin Bieber. His mom was re- really involved in their church when he was a kid
3: and different things yeah. like that. And so was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Katy Perry too. <laughs> Katy Perry, her family.
1: You know, a lot of these, a lot of these people um, were anointed mm-hmm. as kids, yeah. and they just chosen to use their abilities in a different direction than God had called them to use it. So. Um, You know, thank God that God continues to pull on their heartstrings and you think you're starting to see a lot of that stuff right now. But my thing is, and you're seeing it in politics right now, too, like you see it in the housing market, you see it in um, the stock market. Well, they create this bubble, right? The, they keep pushing, 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 pushing. The, stu- the stock market goes up. but Everybody knows it can't sustain that. The housing market, everybody's buying houses at these super low rates, can't afford them. And then eventually the bubble pops. And I think that you're seeing that in politics. Like uh, the far crazy left is really pushing all this crazy stuff. It's got to pop at some point. Uh, and I think that you're starting to really see that in the secular world where stuff is really kind of pushing to some really crazy uh, levels. And it's going to pop and then you're going to start seeing people like Kanye, Justin Bieber. If this is another one of them uh, from Manson to come back around to, to to see their faith. And and then when you see that happen, I think that God is trying to do something with his people right now to prepare them for the end of end of times. Yeah. Um I think we're getting to that point and he's trying to rally his his people, you know, like, like all right, let's go. I'm going to pull some influential people out of the world to help lead the mass, mm-hmm. you know, and then so they can look at mm-hmm. him and say, "Okay, you know, I followed him when he was crazy and doing all the. I mean, I can remember Manson's videos. They were crazy when I was a kid. And that was a know? long time ago to too. Yeah, that was before the crazy, crazy stuff was it's happening. normal. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think you know if if he can stay on track, you know, we all doubted it when Kanye did it. You know, mm-hmm. you see Bieber, he's back and forth, and he's trying to figure his stuff out. And um, this is the the next. The next guy, if he's the next guy up, man on the, and that it's kinda interesting that you see Kanye taking the lead on these guys. Yeah. You know, kinda yeah. pulling him in and say, Hey man, I know what it I know what it is. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. People's gonna judge you. All yeah. the you know we think we think that the Christians are here to, you know, serve us, but at the end of the day they're judging us mm-hmm. and um so hopefully Kanye can keep his head on straight and lead these brothers into a a better place.
3: Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, I mean at the end of the day all all these, they're just people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, Travis Scott, he's just a person. Yeah. No matter all these crazy people that want to go to his concert, want to touch his shoes, want to, whatever it is, I mean, those people are just as lost as the one on stage leading them there. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I
1: I never did, you know, I don't know a bunch of famous people, but in the Christian hip-hop world, I met, most of the the guys that made it big, you know? Yeah. And I was never that, I mean, I, re- I remember even going to those concerts and the young girls, the young guys were like freaking out because Lecrae walked across the room or, yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. I'm just like, I never did get it, Yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, just a man like I am, he's had a little bit more public success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, if you talk to Lecrae, you um, it was tough. You know why everybody was looking at him and put him on a pedestal. He was like in the dark trying to figure this stuff out. And it was, wasn't was easy for him, you know? Yeah. Uh, so just think it's it's this public persona that we have. And then you look behind the scenes and open up the curtain. And What's
0: different, though, when you're a kid, though? You know, yeah. I mean, you're 12 years old. You don't know nothing about any of that. It's what like, are you? 22. Yeah, it's a little different. You know, that's yeah, just, you don't know anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like it's different being 22 than 12 in the sense of, like, understanding success a little bit more. Yeah. Like, you're at least not a child, child. Like, you can vote and stuff, you know? But it's just
1: these. these Early twenty guys that are rushing the stage and stuff at the at these concerts. They're just i was like, saying yeah, there are yeah, adults crazy, yeah. that are there. It's not like, I mean, like when you're they're... kid,
0: like you believe in Santa Claus stuff too. You go to a concert. Whoa, or whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, jeez, I did it. Oh, my you bad. did.
1: Whoa. Goodness gracious! <laughs> Listen, I'm saying
0: you know you <laughs> these, yeah bleep it out. <laughs> now we're
1: going to have to go back and all <laughs> you <laughs> 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 your refuse projects but, are waiting on Santa Claus <laughs> this year.
0: But there's you know you believe in all sorts of stuff and you don't know. So if you go to a concert or something, like of course you're going to look at those people. Like they've been portrayed as like this otherworldly thing, almost, you know. Like, I mean, I, I guess it's know.
3: weird for me too because I've been to, I've been to Lecrae concert. I've been to all kind. I mean, we went to all kinds of concerts, both you know, Christian, non-Christian, and I never, I never felt that way either. Like, I gotta touch their shoe. I gotta rush and be yeah, to the yeah. very front. I like, I at... never felt that way. Like if I were to meet somebody that like a like a like a YouTube influencer or like even a Musk, you know, if I would like if I ever meet these people, like I think it would be cool take a picture whatever, but I don't have that. I guess it's something you have, like a weird thing like almost blocking your judgment or clouding your thoughts yeah. to like, like I'm not is, standing in a line a good to do idea. it. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> if
1: there's a line, I'm not doing it.
3: Yeah, like why okay, example. Example like this. So I remember one time we went to the Astros game a few years ago and they had the Game of Thrones chair there. I don't know nothing about Game of Thrones. I know I know what the chair is, like I've seen yeah. it. These people waited the entire baseball game. Mm-hmm. You know how long a baseball game is to wait in line to sit in this chair. When we left the game, there was still a line wrapped around Minimates to sit and take a picture in this chair.
0: Did they charge money? for No, it? no. Well, that,
1: it I wasn't mean. even the real chair. I'm sure it was like some. Well, yeah. Well, none of it's the real stuff. <laughs> like I should, I should like step out in front of my green screen. I was, I, I'll. I'll put Dude, you they in.
0: had that at the Rockets game back in the day when I was. I, we still have a picture somewhere uh, back when Steve Francis and Katino Mobley were like the guys oh, nice, on the Rockets. Yeah. And my dad took us to a game, and there was uh, there was some spot like that where people would line up and get a picture taken. But it was a green screen, and so they would tell you like, "Yeah, stand right here, and okay, scoot over a little bit." And it was, uh, it, I think it was Catino Mobley. He like has his arm out or whatever, and a basketball in the other arm. And they just Photoshop you in. That's crazy. Nice. And I think we paid like five bucks for it.
3: Yeah. Cool.
0: I still have that photo. That's separate. what I'm talking about. It looks like... like you're on the court with them.
2: <laughs> 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 so
0: funny. That's
1: funny. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, this world is, it's, it's, it's we're in a weird place right now. And, um, definitely weird. Our, our kids and our grandkids, well, y'all's kids and y'all's grandkids are going to look back to this time right now and going, yeah, what were y'all doing? the same way we look back when we were we was talking about Germany earlier and we're going to look back at those guys and we're like yeah what were they doing <laughs> yeah. you know why were they running people through gas chambers you He's know trying to
0: take over the world yeah know?
1: trying to take over and then that that's what our politics on in the united states is trying to do right now they're trying to take over and anyways uh, we're just in a weird time just in a weird time all right i got another song for you we play a lot of uh, elevation uh, worship if you if you're not on elevation rhythm you're missing out
3: sleeping on them.
1: and uh i know this is not james's kind of style of music but uh Always i just want to let the let the people know that the elevation r- rhythm is out there especially if you're you know under 30 you probably kind of like this music so let's check it Ooh, out let's hear it it's called elevation worship i'm sorry elevation rhythm everything
2: when the, of the world is too much to take, There's a place I can run to Every piece of my pride now I give away You're the hope that I cling to There's nothing like falling right into the arms of the Father Here in your presence I'm caught in a love like no other This feels like heaven Singing, holding on to the words that I heard you say. You're the truth.
1: Rhythm everything Um, I don't know are they like their youth band type stuff or it's just another one of their
3: yeah so for people that don't know it's Elevation Worship is their like main, main church service praise and worship team and then the Elevation Rhythm is it's made up of some of the same people that sing on Sunday that you would see on their live stream or if you went to their church service but the rhythm is more of like the youth kind of a more hip,
1: more of a digital sound too.
3: Digital mm-hmm. sound. They got the samples, the, you know, the beat more of a beat on it. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of more of their, what their what that group is. I like it. I like that a lot. I think they got it's a lot of good songs. James
1: doesn't like this. Before.
0: <laughs> I ain't even heard it yet. I know, but it's just not, I, I know your style. As soon now. as I heard it, I was like, oh, I get why he said that.
3: Yeah,
1: it's more
0: of, it's a radio <laughs> style of music. I mean, it was cool. It yeah. was totally fine. It's not terrible. No. Yeah. Um, they have a the,
3: lot of good, they have a lot of good Good ones. They have some that that's just Elevation Rhythm. Is like the band that made or produced song, whatever, but they sing it on a Sunday service. Yeah, yeah, I've heard them do there, it. There's some good the, ones. They're live they acoustic got. type stuff. Yeah. yeah, they have some good ones.
1: Yep, for sure. Y'all check it out. Elevation Rhythm. Those guys are doing a lot of good things over there. I know there's a lot of debate about. Uh, Stephen Furtick and throughout the community. But I enjoy him. I like listening to him. I think that God has called each and every one of us on our own path. Yeah. And just because the, the other guy next to you is not on your path, does that mean he's doing something wrong? I got a he's theory He's just not on that. doing what God has called you to do.
3: Let's hear it. Yeah. So my theory on all these big preacher people, whoever they are, Joel Osteen or um, Stephen Furtick, whatever the case may be. I think a lot of these guys, they're called in their right space to help somebody, right? Just, I mean, just hearing the word, hearing Jesus's name, just hearing it could change your whole life. The one message that they preach could change everything. And you got to think about it too. There's people that that have never been to church, never gone out, never went to a service. And right, especially right now, it's easy to stream something. Let me just listen to it. Bits mm-hmm. here, bits there, piece here, piece there. Let me let me go to Lakewood where there's thousands of people and no one's gonna know who I am. Whereas if the first time I turn up to a small church in my city, I might run into somebody at work there that I don't know, that I know. Right. And I'm not comfortable with them. Coming up to me, acknowledging that I'm here because I don't know if I want to be here yet. I don't even know if this is this is me or that I'm ready to accept that I'm supposed to be here. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, listening to those bigger guys here and there and then because I've heard him say that, you know, just because you're listening to us here on live stream, like you need to be in your community. Find a church that's close to you, somebody else that you know and fellowship with them because the live stream does so much. But being in person is so much better
1: yeah and their model is uh, if you haven't heard um, I think it's the elephant in the room where they get a lot of these big preachers together and they talk about um, what the reason they they do church the way they do it you have like the Chandler's uh, Matt Chandler he's more of a Bible teacher mm-hmm. and he, you know his point of view is you got to teach the word. Uh, It's got to be a deep theological type message and you got to use, you know, 18 verses from three different chapters and Mm -hmm. two different books and all that. And then Stephen Furtick was on the other hand, he was just like, God has called my ministry for the lost, Mm -hmm. not for the already saved. Mm -hmm. So he does a lot of things to attract the lost. Um, So we're all called from, you know, from different cloth. And uh, so, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what everyone. I think that when we get to to heaven, Jesus is going to be like, "Come on, guys, I put you on the same team." Yeah, you know, maybe they're supposed to go to Furtick's church at first, and then move over to Matt Chandler's church after they get and you know a little bit more depth into who, what their Christian their Christian walk looks like. Yeah. Um, there was a model from Dell Computers and. Um, <laughs> And it might change a little bit now that we had COVID and we've seen some, some of the issues there. But for the longest time, you would do, people would build these big warehouses and they would make all of this stuff and then they would put it in the warehouse and they would have months of inventory sitting in the warehouse, right? And uh, Which was millions and millions of dollars just sitting in a warehouse. Yeah. And then Dell come out with this thing, the software would, basically it was right on time. You know, so you got the order and as you're producing it, it was shipping out the door. Mm -hmm. Right. And it just went from one stage to the next. Um, And so people compare that to the church where the church had all of these people that were just sitting in the sanctuary Mm -hmm. like a a warehouse just storing up all these people and they've, they've been going to the same Sunday school. They have, you know, it was a young adult Sunday school class when they started Mm -hmm. and now it's the same Sunday school class, except it's the older people in the same Sunday school class, you know, and they never moved around. They never progressed. They never did anything. So they're the same person they were when they were 25, when they started because they never went through a process And I was, I was thinking about that, you know, how, how would that look like in the church? Like if, if you had a membership program where you came in and you started out this Sunday school class and you went through this Sunday school class for nine months, and then you graduated from that Sunday school class to another Sunday school class. And as you graduate these Sunday school classes, you get deeper and deeper into the world and to the word. And then now you're not just a guy in the sanctuary being stored up in a warehouse somewhere. Now you are a soldier for the Lord and you're able to go out and it doesn't matter who you talk to, you're you're ready, you yeah. know? Um, so I thought it was just an interesting thought the way um, things changed. But then you see now, and, and this is really not having anything to do with uh, the Lord, but now that COVID came and then the world stopped, right? Mm-hmm. And you couldn't get anything because nobody was storing anything in the warehouse, right? Because yeah. it was always right on time. So um, it was one of those things. It was a good idea until it's not. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's I like it though, man. That's cool. <clears throat> I'm thinking of like having instead of like Sunday school classes and stuff because like these days, if uh, if you're going to like a Sunday school class or some kind of small group something, most of it's just like uh, dependent. You go to the class depending on what age you are or what. Uh, they're denied they're, yeah it's like all that yeah, kind no, of stuff yeah but, not
3: necessarily where your walk is yeah right. i like
0: yeah. the idea of like yo you got saved you're at the newcomers class whatever right then you do that for six months or three months whatever it is then <laughs> you move up to the next one to the next one and then you'd get people from all different walks of life that are all coming in you know they're all like well, i've been saved for three months and then you'd get people from all different walks of life they're like yeah i've been saved for a couple years and
1: Right. And I, I think it's interesting too. <clears throat> the other thing I was thinking about is like, so say you you did that. So in your Sunday school class, you would have somebody your age, mm-hmm. but then you might have somebody that was fifty-five. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. You know,
1: yeah. and then their life experience, just because y'all at the same walk in the same spiritually yeah. you're at the same age, yeah. you can help each other out because like now we're gonna walk through this thing together and uh, i have experiences that you can experience Mm -hmm. and then you can say yeah you know i know where your son's coming from because i'm dealing with some Mm -hmm. of those same things too and different things like that
3: And it's funny you say that because there's there's this meme that i saw was it's like one day you're 17 working at target and you know what 60 year old martha she ain't that bad (laughs) and you know it's like i'm at target working martha's at target working (laughs) <laughs> All of a sudden, me and Martha are friends. We're not even uh-huh. the same age while we work together. Yeah. And you know what? Martha ain't that bad.
0: Yep. Or you find out Martha's the worst and you know why she's still working at Target. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, funny. I've come across some Martha's
3: before. <laughs>
0: Just, some <laughs> good funny. ones and some bad yeah. ones. But
3: that reminds me too of whenever... Um, I don't know if you remember this, James, but a long, it's a long time ago. I probably um, remember. I probably whenever, remember. Whenever we decided to go do your grandpa's Sunday school class, the, new, yeah, the yeah. newcomers. Mm-hmm. It was he was so shocked that day. Yeah, he was. <laughs> there was all of us young people in his office, yeah. and he's like, what "I don't you remember
0: mean? why we did that."
3: He's but... like, "What you doing here, son?" We're like, "We're here for your Sunday school class." Uh-huh. Well, y'all come on in, and yeah, he he was so excited, so yeah. excited, happy, and I don't know if it's because there wasn't a Sunday school class for us to go to because we, Cause we just were got or out just out of finished a, sunday school or something i probably just I got out of youth yeah, <clears> i think <throat> we
0: just got out of youth there wasn't really a young adults one that fit us i think that's what it was there wasn't and a they, class and they and just and happened to be starting up the the newcomer what's it called the newcomer newcomers, newcomers whatever yeah. it is uh, and they just happened <laughs> to be starting that and we're like well sure we'll go do that for three months or whatever it was did y'all finish
1: it yeah, yeah oh, that's awesome i've never been to it yeah you go
0: should go
3: it's good yeah
1: I've taught it actually one. No, 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 it wasn't that one. He was teaching another class on. In fact, we should do
0: it again. Yeah. Go re. Be be renewed. Yeah.
1: I I, I taught one for him, Pastor Ron. What was it? Oh, it was the guys that wanted to be ministers. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
3: look, if you're Elam listeners out there, if you've never done the newcomers class, go
0: do
1: it.
3: Highly recommend to do it. Yeah,
1: even
0: if you've been around. Even if you've been around. Because it goes over all all kinds of stuff. It's all the basics, like in depth enough to where you get the gist of it, um, but it's not like so in depth that you're like on one little topic for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, but it's even, it's it's
3: even goes over stuff of history about our church, though. yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just like if you go to Elam, you've been there. If you're planning on being there for more than like a couple weeks, like you might, you should learn a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of the church history, and then just. All right, I'm
1: going. I'm going. (laughs) I'm
0: going. I'm going. This is what Elam believes. This is why Elam believes it. All that kind of stuff. He answers
3: all kinds of questions you have that you may never have known the answer to of whatever from Elam to life to the Bible to. Why you should believe this or not? I mean, he's gonna have to get that class going now. Yeah. It's on the pam- It's on the brochure I saw this yeah. past Sunday. Yep. I was like, huh. I was thinking about that. It's like <laughs> I remember taking that class.
1: So let's get into <laughs> our main topic. So I've been listening to uh, John Maxwell on leadership. If you don't know who John Maxwell is, he's probably the greatest Christian teacher on on leadership. He teaches. You know Christians at churches he's at, he goes to companies and teaches about leadership and he has a, a book called uh, 21 infutable 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 infutable, 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 infutable yeah. uh, laws of leadership and um, some really really good stuff so I was looking through those different ones as 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 he was teaching and I was going through it. and I have a really good friend that is I mean a phenomenal leader and uh, without no, you shouldn't have Uh, and then when I was when I was going through them I seen my buddy you know every move that he's ever made was based on these 21 things so
3: he did
0: it yeah
1: so he's read this book Super smart guy.
0: He had, like you asked him?
1: No, no, no. I, I, I don't have to.
0: Oh. <laughs> like, if you see him move. Step by step.
1: <laughs> like, if you see him move, you can see him move through these 21 steps. Yeah. So I want to shout out Von Wan, you out there, bro. I see oh, you, dog. You I oh, see God. you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I see exactly step by step. And he's probably having all 20, 21 of them memorized because he's he's brilliant. Um, so it just got me thinking about leadership, you know, um what is the responsibility of a Christian in leadership? If we are Christians, do we have a responsibility to be leaders? Um and if we do, who are we supposed to lead? Mm-hmm. You know? So some of the, some of the questions I want to answer today and then um like well, then what is leadership? And we we might not get to all of it, but uh, let's just kind of work work through them so as christians do we have a responsibility to be a leader is everybody called to be a leader
0: i think in some respect some more so than others you know like uh, we're not all called to be the pastor but maybe you're called to lead the sunday school class or maybe you're not called to lead the sunday school class but you Mm got to lead the kids in the nursery or whatever you know I think there's, I think we're all supposed to lead in some form. Maybe you're just supposed to lead your household, you know? Maybe you're the parent. You just got to make sure your kids and your spouse are on point and all that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I don't think everybody
3: is. So I think everybody can be a leader, whether it's good or bad, because it doesn't matter. You're leading some way, Mm -hmm. good or bad. I think we're all called to be leaders. Maybe at some point in our life, whether it's at work, church, uh, teaching a class. I mean, that's something you got to work out to find out for yourself, you know, what leadership or leader role you're supposed to take. And I think not everybody is meant to be a leader forever.
1: So are we born leaders? Are we all born leaders?
0: Mm Hmm. What do you mean by born leader? I think so. Like born with all the skills to be a no. leader? No, because when you look not. at somebody, even when they're like,
1: you, you go into like the toddler class and there's one dude in there that he's mm-hmm. running things, you yeah. know, and all yeah. the little kids are following them. You can say, mm-hmm. that's a future leader, you yeah. know, and then you have other people that are following it. And I know we, we need all types of people and all types mm-hmm. of, you know, in every area of the world. Um But some people you just know are born leaders.
3: Yeah, yeah, there's for sure. I think there's definitely some people that are just born with it. Naturally, it's just I think it's a gift given what they decide to do with that gift is going to be between them and God at the end. I think some people can definitely learn how to be a leader. That's why they have all these classes on how to be a leader, what to do if, you know, you've seen the flow charts this happens do I do this one or do I do this one and then at some point it's going to end and you got to make the decision for yourself if it's off the chart
1: yeah yeah I think it's it's interesting because like I said I've been I've been studying this because I want to be the best leader in my business Mm -hmm. and in church right so Mm -hmm. and a lot of times they're not the same yeah Um, John Maxwell said that If you're leading and nobody's following you, you're just taking the easy stroll through the park, you know. Um, So I think that as as a leader, um, we have to be somebody that can be followed. You know, you have to be you have to have certain skills. uh, You have to be likable. You have to be selfless. You know, Um, there's to
3: be a good leader.
1: Right. To yeah, be a yeah. good leader for there's people, a to, to, there's a so,
3: lot of bad ones that don't do none of that. They're still yeah, but, leading. they're still leading, <laughs> but are,
1: are they leading? Because I think a lot of times. So I had a boss one time that he was he was the leader of the company, but he wasn't leading.
3: It was yeah. the secretary.
1: You know, there was a, there was a difference. Yeah. People did what he said, but he wasn't leading them. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was ruling by iron fist. He wasn't being a leader.
3: He was leading by fear, not.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a difference. I, I think that. You could have power, but not be a leader. Yeah. And I think that's two different things. I think you're seeing that some of that right now in, in our government, like, there's lots of power there, um, but there's no true leadership coming out of the, the government right now. I think the
0: difference between leading those two ways you're just describing is one of them sustainable and one of them's not. Yeah. Because you can still lead in all the wrong ways like that. But you're not going to do that for years and years on end without it catching up to you. you see, see, and
3: that's what I find so ironic in leadership is these people know that. or And if they don't, they're... They're just a really bad leader,
0: well, a lot like, of them are or wrestling. like I said, like <clears throat> you can get some results leading badly if you're leading through fear and like threats all the time. Like yeah. you can get some results from yeah. that. No, yeah, but it's not going to last forever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not sustainable. You're going right? to have the turnover. You're going to have the
3: leadership changing. But I'm the saying, time.
0: since you got those results, it's a lot easier for you to be like, "Well, it worked. I'll do it again."
3: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It it will work and it will go so far, but you're still going to have the other problems that fall with it. You're going to have the turnover. No matter what business organization you run, it's, you still have to have people to help you. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. And you're either going to have to be training again, whether that's training people in the faith to be those leaders, or on the business side, training those people to lead your business the way you want them to lead it, the vision you had for your business when you started it. It's, it you're going to either keep the same people, that are going to stay with you because you are that good leader or you're not. And I've worked in many of both situations before. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think that when we talk mm-hmm. about leaders that we have to look at the Bible, right? So when mm-hmm. we look at the Bible, we look at um, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does Jesus lead? lead? Well, the Bible tells us it's basically in servanthood, mm-hmm. right? So he leads, mm-hmm. he came, Jesus became a human.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So he, what he decided to do was step down off of the pedestal and become just like everybody else. He just became the lowest of the low and came to serve. I think if you're going to be a good leadership, you have to start by serving people, mm-hmm. right? 100%. You you have you hear these people that are um, that say, "Oh, it's lonely at the top," right?
3: Don't be at the top. <laughs> it's hard to
1: be at the top. Somebody has to be at the top, though, yeah. right? And the thing about the, the the top is when you see, when John Maxwell was talking about it, he was saying, just imagine um, a triangle. And then everybody's at the bottom. And then as you grow to be a leader, you move towards the top. Well, when you get towards the top.
0: It's less people. Less
1: people. Yeah. There's less options. Mm-hmm. There's less room for mistakes. Yeah. So that's where you hear that whole what well, it gets lonely at the top, yeah. Um, but if you're a good leader, you're not at the top by yourself, right? Yeah. That it's not you at the top and everybody else at the bottom, it's everybody. People grow with you, people are wanting to follow yeah. you, they follow you to the top. That way, you're, there's not a, a place of loneliness where we find out through a lot of these things that we report in Culture corner that you get to the top, then you begin to isolate because it's lonely. Mm -hmm. Then you feel like, okay, that, that you're here. So now you have to protect yourself. And then now you're protecting yourself. You're isolating from other people. And then Mm -hmm. the great fall comes right. And then you fall off the top of
3: the, uh, um, the pyramid. That's how I being, I've been a, a leader in different roles, whether it's church business, both sides. I mean, I've, done all kinds of leadership classes, courses. I mean, all of it in school, still project management. I mean, all of it. And for me, that's how I, if I become a leader again, right now, I'm not, I'm at the bottom, but if by choice, if I become at the top again, that's how I would want to run my business, my organization, because building up the people underneath you one takes the weight off your shoulder as the leader, knowing that you have the right people in the right spot doing these tasks. Now, don't get me wrong. We're all human. They're not going to do it the way you probably want it done. But them doing that role the best way that they can do it helps you look at what else you can do and move everything forward. And that goes with pretty much, I think, with any way or aspect of life. I mean, Jesus even, he raised and you know, grew his disciples the way he did it, the best way he could living with them, being with them, taking them everywhere, showing them why this is right, why this is wrong. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you're trying to reinvent the wheel, you're going to go down this same path, reinvent this wheel when I've already clearly put the path out there for you. And from there, all these churches have grown. They've come from that. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I mean, that, that's that's interesting. So you have to serve. So when you serve, so when I, when I was in uh, in in the uh, secular world, you have to serve. You serve your people. Let them know that you'll do. So when I first when I first got in my big management role, my you know uh, top. You know, I wasn't in management yet, but like top of super, supervisors, like mm-hmm. the highest supervisor you could get.
2: Yeah,
1: I was handed the role when I when I when I got to this job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just because of my skills, I come in and hire a supervisor. So, what did I do? I could have went in there and go, "Okay, big dog is on on the yard, and mm-hmm. this is the way it's going to be." But what I chose to do was do everybody's job mm-hmm. for a week.
0: Yeah, that's way better.
1: You know, I yeah. did. I just did, then I, did, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna learn from you today. Mm-hmm. Teach me everything you know. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going I'm gonna sit here, and then that way, when you needed to go, to the you needed a break, or you needed to take a day off. Guess what? I will step by and you go ahead and do that. And they seen the boss step in and and, and serve them
2: mm-hmm.
1: right, and then through that, one of the things that John um, John Maxwell talked about is. Through serving, you build relationships, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? And then when you build relationships with the people that you're that you're uh, leading, just what you were saying right there, you know, you gain their confidence. Mm-hmm. You give them uh, you give them something to follow bigger than themselves. Yeah. You know, you show them confidence in themselves, so that gives them confidence in you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think building relationship is one of the the biggest things. Um, so when when we become youth pastors, we were looking for the right people on the bus, and you were actually in. You were actually in on the meeting, uh, James. And we got, went in there, and we were just like, "Okay, I know some of y'all have been through this, and y'all ready to get off the bus. So we're going to slow the bus down, and we're going to let some people off. You don't have to, but if you want to, and you're ready." Mm-hmm. this is your time and then we're going to bring some people on the bus and James was he was ready to move on and do some different things and mm-hmm. he was able to do that but we let some people on the bus and um, the the Quayars, you know Carissa and Steve mm-hmm. um, didn't yeah. know wh- who they were but we were looking around the sanctuary and we're just like whoever they are they're a good looking couple they're young <laughs> they got young kids let's find out who they are mm-hmm. you know so we just like, hey, you know, didn't realize that they had been out of church for a while and they were coming back and they needed to be plugged in somewhere, right? So we started building a relationship with them, and you know, and then now we're, you know, long friends, been friends for ten plus years. Um, but at the time, I didn't know. But whilst we were building relationships with them, they were building their relationship with God. And now, when we look back, they were just like because of the. The conversation that we had that first day, mm-hmm. and the relationships that we've built, we want we wanted to leave. So many times, the, the enemy will come in and try to break us up and get us out of church. But because of the relationships mm-hmm. that we we continued to follow your lead,
2: yeah. you
1: know. And uh, when we build confidence in relationships, it's easy to lead people. Yeah, you know, it really is easy to lead people <clears throat> because they're going to go. Let's go. Wherever you're going, we're going with you. Mm -hmm. You know, we got your back. We're going to follow.
3: Yeah, I've been been on both those trains, buses, whatever you want to call them. (laughs) It's definitely easy when everybody's on your side. And and even something I've learned from my all my schooling and, you know, trainings and whatnot. There's only 100 percent. Right. There's only 100. It can't go past 100 And there's 90% that you're working towards. You got the top at the 10, the top 10%. No matter what you do, they're gonna be with you ride or die through it all, or they're gonna leave. But but there's always gonna be that top 10%. There's gonna be that bottom 10% that's gonna try everything in their power to make sure you fail, no matter what. You're gonna always have those people on there, they're always gonna be on the bus. Ones will get off. New ones will come on. There's nothing you can do to sway or get these people to go with you in the right direction. And those are going to be your bumps the whole way there. Then you have the middle 80% that are going to either go with the top 10 or the bottom 10. And that's, and that's how a lot of statistics have shown in business and in organizations that that's the number you're fighting for is 90. Right. You can deal with the bottom 10 all day long try 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 i mean just acknowledging the simple the little things they're gonna stay or they're gonna move on but it's that top because if you can't move that 90 you're not gonna move any of it
1: yeah and we've talked about that in a lot of business meetings where the effort to get the last 10 percent is not worth the effort yeah it's not like you score 90 is way bigger than 90 Put a hundred percent in the ninety, you're gonna get a whole lot farther than putting a hundred percent in the hundred mm-hmm. percent. So um I think it's interesting when when Jesus was talking about relationships, it was more important to him uh than than religion, it was more important to him than tradition, than um, you know, all these things. Just thinking about the Sabbath, when he was <laughs> healing people on the Sabbath. The relationship that he was building right then was way more important than the traditions of of, of what was going on right yeah. there. Yeah. And I and I think that when when you have an importance on relationships as a leader, people know that. They know that, hey, you're not there because I need you there because I need somebody to scrub the toilets. I need somebody to make some phone calls. I need somebody to run to Sam's to pick up the food. I need somebody. No, it's a relationship there because it turns in from I need to let me serve you. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's super important.
3: Um, yeah, read off one of the one of the points that he's got. You have the 21?
1: No we don't, we don't I got four of the 21 I was gonna cover today but okay. we, and you brought up the relationship so we went right to the relationship so um,
3: yeah even relationships it's it's even important it, that's just an important skill to have in life. I mean just like being at the top, the lonely guy at the top is because you don't have any relationships built depending on how you build your business or organization is only two ways either through relationships or through burning everybody you come in contact with to get to the top i mean even coming around right now with the holidays it's i'm I'm very blessed and fortunate that my family meets together yeah there's like 30 of us yeah and when we get together you
1: guys are even bigger
3: and him yeah uh-huh. james is pretty big too his side yeah we got a lot they got a lot of people and and that tells you that the relationship with our family is strong. Yeah. And I you, think you, serving,
1: you know, being, a, being a servant and relationship go hand in hand, right? For sure. Um, I heard somebody talking about having a basin uh, ministry. And basically that was like Jesus taking the water from the basin and washing feet. Mm-hmm. You know, he was serving his people. He was building a relationship. You don't, you don't wash strangers' feet. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> it's one of those like, people that you built relationships before, and you're like, "Hey, yeah. let, let me tell you how much I love you." And those days washing the feet was a, a way to really express the meaning of the relationship. So, yeah, that's um, good. <clears throat> uh, one of the other ones were priority, uh, the priorities that we make in uh, becoming a leader. Jesus on, on the Jesus uh, when he was teaching. Um, the, on the Sermon of the Mount, he was really trying to get over to those people of, hey, listen to what God is doing today. You know, we get so busy as as people that we're like, we're either fretting over what happened yesterday and trying to repair those things or we're planning for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we're not living in the present. And then when we don't live in the present, we're not leading the people around us because they don't they don't know unless you're casting a good vision they're not there for tomorrow they're help they're there to help you lead today right and we're in to a place in in the world right now that we're so busy and we're not focused on what God is doing today um We used to take trips, and Pastor Mark would tell us, just see what God's doing while we're here." Just just be ready to see it. Just be ready to understand what God's doing instead of getting so caught up in, in ministering to the young adults or ministering to the youth or ministering to whoever it is that we forget to stop and just see what
0: God's doing.
1: You know, I think it would have been real easy for uh, was you in the second service Sunday Sunday?
0: I was in like half of the second service. Okay, he was playing drums, so he was, drum, so he yeah, was at was least for the there. worship part. Okay, yeah, so you was there for <laughs> that part of it. Yeah.
1: Like it would have been real easy for us just to think like, okay, the next part of the service is the most important part of the service, so let's just keep moving.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Other than <clears throat> I stopped for just a second and say, Okay, God, what what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. And he said, There's been a lot of people that haven't felt my fire in a long time. And felt my breath come upon them, and then it would have been easy for a pastor to go, on, "Ooh, man, it's like it's time for us to go ahead and shut this thing down." I got, you know, I'm only going to have 20 minutes to preach as it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But he understood the priority, right? He understood the priority of the people, and he re- leaned over to me, and he confirmed what God was telling me, and we was able to have priority on what God wanted <clears throat> to do instead of what our programs were constantly doing and we had an amazing service yeah. you know mm-hmm. I mean demons was casted out and um, there was some pretty uh, exciting things that went on yeah uh, but we have to have that priority in, in different things and and not always worrying about repairing or preparing yeah. you know um, what do you think about priorities I mean I, I know a lot of a lot of we get them we mess mix, mixed up sometimes
0: y'all look at me so I guess my Go <laughs> priorities and leadership what's the, read the bullet point again
1: <coughs> no nah, those are just priorities the, the priority
3: was just really just just, it's just like knowing what
0: the yeah, focus it mean, on
1: today instead of what happened yesterday and what's going to happen tomorrow be yeah. present in the moment
0: yeah i was thinking about that before i wrote a, a lyric that i was thinking about while you were talking about that that deals with that mm-hmm. the, the lyric i wrote it years ago uh it was uh you'll never make it to the future and you can't run from your past. You'll never make it far from here now, so you better make it last. Mm, That's good. And uh, I was just thinking of that while you were talking about priorities.
1: Yeah. uh, John Maxwell says this, the secret to our success is determined by our daily agenda.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. That goes a lot with what my job is. So I, I work in IT, for those that don't know, and that's that's like it one hundred and one is what's the priority? Mm-hmm. People's emails working, okay. That priority's checked off. People uh, phones are working. I mean, there's all these things that a lot of people don't even think about, but it's that's our day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, thinking of priorities with leadership too is you have to know. For one, experience comes is a is a great benefit in leadership because when something happens whether it's in a ministry or something that pops up while you're doing your day-to-day stuff at that point it's okay what are my priorities when this hurdle comes up right is it my customers is it my people like at church the ac went out what's going to be my priority are people are going to be hot mm-hmm. especially in texas hot complaining do we do we light candles do we not light candles is that going to make it hotter just the little things of what what what's gonna keep it going. What's gonna not? What are all these outside things gonna not hinder what we got going on right now and today? I mean, even whenever whenever I worked at um, worked at Chick Fil A a long time with James. I mean, that's chicken. You ain't yeah. got the chicken. You ain't got nothing. That's what mm-hmm. they're coming for. They're coming for the chicken.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Which and so when the truck comes sometimes. when the truck comes in, you're like, oh no, we didn't get what we needed.
3: Mm-hmm. James, you know? He was, he was the was guy that job. did that. That I mean, was his job. I mean, it's. Had to go find it at different stores. You got to go yeah. find it. Priorities, right?
1: The it's about the priorities. You know, I think when w- w- thinking about um, church people, <laughs> they're like elevator people, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I call them elevator people because some of them will, will take you up, <laughs> <Yeah>. some <laughs> of them will take you down. It's
0: pretty clever. I'm like you know,
1: that. and some of them will take you to the what is it, the LB, the low basement, you know, or someone take you to the penthouse, you know, and then I think that's super important that we prioritize in those relationships, the ones that are going to elevate you uh, and take you to the top, because not only do they take you, but if you're leading correctly, they're taking everybody else. Yeah, We have to have those people around us.
3: And don't get me wrong, you bottom 10%, (laughs) y'all... Y'all are different animal, okay? <laughs> but sometimes, if you're in that bottom ten percent, everybody's been there. Yeah, everybody's been in the bottom ten, where you've been the guy spreading rumors about the boss. You've Ooh. been, the, you've been the guy <laughs> talking about how, oh, if I was in leadership, I could do it so much better. Can I get an amen? Or uh-huh. man, if uh-huh. if I played the drums for ten years too, I could make a put a ch- just like that on stage too. <laughs> Well, but you did, but you did, and you ate because you still in that ten percent. I mean, at least bump up to the eighty and move with everybody. Yeah, you just down there doing
1: nothing. Well, my thing is, if you're not going to do nothing, don't cause waves. You know, like that sign that I seen that says, uh, Mm -hmm. "Don't complain until you volunteer." Like Mm -hmm. volunteer first, and then then you have a right. To say something, yeah, but I at think least the, show up. It's the people that don't vote, and then they want to complain about who's president. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. no, 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 no. You don't, you don't get a choice. Mm-hmm. You didn't get off your lazy tail and just at least make the effort to go down there and mm-hmm. vote. Like, yeah. you know, if you're if you're not gonna do nothing, then uh, uh you know, anyways,
3: yeah. we that's, all been there, but don't stay there.
0: Yeah, that's always my thing. If you're gonna complain to me about something, like. You gotta have done something, or you gotta be willing to take some advice or something. But if you're not doing anything and you just want to complain and complain to me, like I don't have time to listen to you, man.
1: When I was in the corporate world, right before I left, I probably had I don't know thirty or forty people that I was responsible for. They didn't directly report to me, but because I had supervisors under me. But even my supervisors, we had a supervisor meeting, and they would have these complaints Mm -hmm. and. My rule was, don't have a complaint unless you have a solution.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. Um, and even if your solution is not going to work, you know, let's talk about it. I'll tell you why it's not going to work. Or, even if I don't think it's not going to work, if it's not going to hurt anything, I will let you do it just so you understand the next time when you, you'll you think through mm-hmm. different opportunities. Yeah. Um, and then, and I think one of the, one of the, biggest things as uh, being a leader is team building mm-hmm. like you're only as
0: good mm-hmm. as your team you yep. know
1: Um uh,
0: but I sure do hate team building exercises. Oh, I team building <laughs> exercises team are the worst. Things. The
3: worst. They good are the worst. It's important, but it's the worst. It, it's impo- I don't
0: think the exercises are important. Well, it but depends I think on having what. Having a what good team is <laughs>
3: important. <laughs> it depends if you're having to do like the crab walk,
0: dodgeball oh, oh, thing, gosh,
1: or wait, that ain't
3: helping nobody.
1: That no. is not helping the
3: nobody. Falls, the falls. Tru- no, we letting everybody fall. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't helping nobody. They'll I, be better off if you let them fall because. They won't trust nobody, uh, so.
1: that's terrible. Um, uh, like, don't get on Adam's team. Yeah, just,
2: just on hey, table. my team
3: only wins, okay? Only wins, just nobody trusts
1: anybody.
0: Yeah, your team doesn't trust anybody. <laughs> no, nah, my team, only They're all wins. ball hogs, just no, nah, we win. Nobody sets a pick for anybody, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> only winning,
1: right? So, if we're selfless, you know, we come to serve and we have our priorities right and we build relationship um we have to put a, put together a great team you know yeah. uh i think the the most important thing is having those people around you that no matter what are going to be there yeah. you know yeah. and I know we give Chevo a lot of a lot of junk sometimes and we mess with them it and all up. that but let me tell you Cheville.
0: Cheville's a man. He's, yeah, that boy It doesn't Cheville. matter. You call
1: him? <coughs> mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. You know, you need something? Okay.
0: We get, where's the button? Classics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, shout out Cheville.
3: Yeah,
1: shout out
0: Even
3: us, too. He's always checking up on us. I know. He loves like, hey, you guys. Hey, I didn't see y'all. Uh, everything okay? with really it good? Yeah. Always uh, in the marriage room, but it's all good. He's like, freaking out. Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you text me? Yeah, he like, loves
1: people, man. And, uh, he's and, good. And he's yeah. a
3: guy you want in your corner. Yeah, sure, you want right? guys he's like good. that in your corner. But you Y'all can't have, have him because we got him. So. We got him. Like, yeah. He always, like, threatens
1: to leave the church and go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'll take, my, I'll take Julie and I'll leave. We're like, okay, you can leave, but you have to leave Julie. <laughs> 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 no, but we, we give Chum all, but you got to have those people on your team, man. So there's
0: yeah. a good thing, because we're talking about leadership. So he's a good He's a great example of somebody who will you know he's he's there to get the job done whatever you didn't do he's gonna do it. Would you say he's a leader?
1: Um, yeah he's a I think he's a leader And will, uh,
0: what's the difference between that kind of leader and the guy who's like asking him to do stuff? because so uh, there's I, a lot of people out there you know what I mean that they're just they're not going to be the boss they don't want to be the boss they're not called to be the boss but yeah, they still yeah. are called to be some type of leader
3: yeah, yeah. see Chevo Chevo is the perfect exam, example of a team leader mm-hmm. yeah he's not the head leader I mean he could be I'm not saying he's not but in this scenario right, right he's not the head leader he's the team leader the team leader is a, their the important troops, role get stuff done. is to know They know the vision. They know where this thing is going. It's good, and they see what the leader sees, even though they're not the leader in that situation. Yeah, and like you said, they're rallying everybody else. That person's almost as like your MC, your hype man. He's almost more important (laughs) than the main show. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because he because the MC the hype man he knows all the lyrics he knows where every drop's gonna be he knows where he's supposed to be when you break it down and do the you know the South Side knee shake or whatever it may be uh, so I mean I had a, uh, I had Arnold and it was amazing or uh, Arnold was amazing he was he, uh, he was my right hand guy and it was one of those things that would be like. Dang man, I am so thirsty, and then I would like bump into somebody, and mm-hmm. then Arnold would be there with the bottle of water. He's yep. just like, <laughs> yeah, that was crazy, you know. Or I would just be trying to wipe my face, and you see him walking up with some some napkins, um, all those different things, and you
3: you need every, you need all those people, and you know who's also a perfect example of this is my wife. Yep, Yo, we're clapping. Shout out to Victoria. She is the perfect. That and she knows it too. Like she knows that's her role, and right. there's nothing wrong with that. She knows that she's she's like I'd be the best. I'd be the best secretary, mm-hmm. and I'm the person you would want as your secretary. Yeah, yeah. and and people think about it like the secretary want to be the boss. People don't know this if you've never been in leadership. The secretary is the boss. Yep. Well, if, if you the secretary boss, the secretary is mad at you. Everybody's mad. That's the person yeah. you don't want mad at you. Well, I
1: always told Pastor, I want to be the best second second uh, guy on command that I could be. Yep. You know, I, I'm not trying here to take your job. I'm trying to make your job easier. I'm trying to uh, lift you up. I'm trying to whatever I can do to make you shine. That's what my job is.
0: See, all this sounds like being uh, like being an armor bearer, Back yep, in yeah. like bi- <clears throat> biblical stuff. And I think we all have times. I think we're called to different roles at different times in our life where sometimes 100%. you're supposed to be the king who's, like, making the shots. Sometimes you just need to be an infantry man. Sometimes you need to be the armor bearer who's just doing all the dirty work and making sure the king's got everything he needs, you know? Yep.
3: Or the caddy for the golf golfer.
0: Yeah, man. Just knows, like Knows Del. what you need like, for all the shots. Knows mm-hmm. what club
3: to pull out. You don't even have to ask. He's got the club out ready. All right. right. You're gonna he knows from this tree...
1: So that hole is X amount, but it was just like we were talking about with Dell Dell computers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, every step of the way is something that you're learning from and you're graduating to and knowing more. I mean, um, we look at David, King David, right? Mm -hmm. He -hmm. was called when he was just a youngster.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. He was called to be the king, but he wasn't in the kingdom yet. Yeah. You know, but he had to go through things. He had to he had to kill animals. He had to, you know, hide in the cave from the other king and mm-hmm. and, and and chop off the, the corner of the robe and all of those things. And eventually he was prepared to be the king.
0: Yeah.
1: When we're called, we're not all always prepared. Do so we have to do the work. You know? We have to do the work. So yeah. um but just getting back to team building a little bit. We that, that was some good stuff that was free yeah all that was free Um, when we talk about team building I have a buddy of mine Trey Nine and uh, Trey will he'll take anybody you know and you look at Trey's team you'll be just like man I feel sorry for Trey you know because (laughs)
2: that's messed up (laughs)
1: Because at some points, he don't, he has everybody that nobody else wanted on the team. He mm-hmm. got the misfit team. He got the misfit, yeah. but guess what? Them guys work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They work for Trey. And as everybody else got the guy with the nice Jays on, <laughs> and they got the newest outfits, these dudes are over there get doing work. And Trey's ministry is just continue to soar and do different things that nobody ever thought that, you know, that type of ministry could do. It's just because he Looking, put the right yeah. team around him. We look at the disciples. They had a bunch of misfits, mm-hmm. you know. Like, we look at Jesus and be like, Jesus, why did you pick those guys, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And I would just say, I would just say, why would Jesus pick you? you know what I'm saying, why would he pick me, you know, because God sees past all of that, you know Mm -hmm. Um, we see past a lot of especially as leaders, you see the potential in people, Mm -hmm. right, so you pick them on your team because you see their potential, not who they are right now
3: right, that was my favorite, my favorite thing about being a leader was finding truthfully, I find joy in helping people get to that next step yeah, helping too. them get to that next level That there's nothing that makes me happier than seeing people other people I mean I can accomplish my own stuff like I'm I'm well enough to where I know I can do my own stuff right but seeing other people get to there when they didn't think they could they didn't think they were going to make it
1: self esteem issues self-esteem, all those, yeah. what,
3: what, I mean whatever it is and them getting to that that next step that they never saw that they could I find joy in helping people get there.
1: Yeah, I had one of, one of my mentors when I first started at uh, at this company I was with. He, had um, come in, and he had just got the you know the the low management job. You know, he just <laughs> stepped into the 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 room. You know, with mm-hmm. the with the big dogs, and uh, and I had just came in at the very high, you know, um, supervisor job. And he said, "Wait, we started by." Four or five months go by and he was just like, Okay, you know, he could see what I what I was capable of. And uh I didn't come in with one of those resumes that I had the college background and all that, but when when I got there I had the skills. Yeah. And um he was just like, Okay, we're gonna go we're gonna do this thing together. You know, and and everything that he learned, he was teaching me.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Whatever he learned in the past, he taught me. Whatever, and then as he like graduated, I graduated. And as he was learning, he was teaching me. Because what he realized was he couldn't move up unless there was somebody to take his place. Exactly. Yeah. So he was, t- and we rolled the we rolled the ladder all the way to the top. And we mm-hmm. were sitting at the, when I left, we were sitting in rooms with global leaders. From Shell and Exxon, and haven't had translators with us, and um, and, and I'm not, not I'm not bragging at all, but as a leader, when you're <laughs> able to find those people, those diamonds in the rough, and teach them everything you know, because as leaders, we're going to go. Well, I'm not teaching them because they'll take my job. Mm-hmm. As leaders, you need to teach them so they'll take your job. Yeah,
2: yeah you know, exactly.
1: so you can go on and do the, the the next best thing. You know, so you can continue to. Climb the ladder and bring these guys up because then when you get to the top, you're not lonely. You're not lonely. And then you look down and you have an
3: amazing team. Yeah. And I've worked with people both on their both on that side, too. And it's and I've always thought that way. Um, You know, that's that's a lot of especially uh, especially lately. I've gone into I've had three different jobs in two years. Most of it's because of covid, but. It's just something that I've had. I never thought I'd have to do that, right? Although oh, like, you go work in IT, you're good forever. <laughs> well, I've done, done three jobs in two years. But that's what I've always done going into a role. The first thing I want to learn is what does everybody do? Who does everybody report to? What, what roles are going to be gone? Right, because you have you you that it has to happen. You get those people that nutrition a, a new role is going to be created or a new spot will be needed that wasn't two years ago. Or somebody's right?
1: timing out, they're getting or older. somebody's
3: old and they're going to retire. Like, oh, how long you worked here? Forty years. Oh, well, your spot's going to be open here in the next four years. Who's yeah. back? Do I need a scratch to get in that seat?
1: Right. Or you what, skills do, or what skills do I need to learn? What Do I need to learn? My dad that was, always my dad always means. told me he said build relationship with people that you're going to need. So when I was when I was at the lower level supervisors, like what I learned was um, our machines broke down a lot. You know, we had older machines and we had older forklifts and we had older everything. So what I realized right off was. These maintenance men were old and grouchy and you would call them and then <laughs> they would just take their time and they would just like, eh, it'll, it'll be broke when I get there and it'll be broke when I'm done. You know, so they would just this. So what I was just like, OK, so I know who I need to, be able to build relationships with.
3: Right. One hundred percent maintenance. You got to have them on your side. Oh, yeah. Because they make and break so much stuff, just like it worked so recently. The AC wasn't working. That's already a problem for everybody, right? <laughs> Especially you like mama. Especially in Texas. All right, that's a problem. So we're like, man, who's the... There's, you know, so many different maintenance guys, and we're like, oh, we're like, hey, what's Sonny doing? Sonny's the guy, yeah. right? He He's the guy it that actually like knows it, yeah. what he's Sonny doing. Knows the Sonny, AC knows, Sonny knows what he's doing, okay? <laughs> so we call Sonny, hey, we heard your computer don't work. He, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my email hasn't been working, but Hey, why don't you bring your email over here Let me fix it for you oh. So Sonny shows up, it's kind of hot in here, huh? Like, yeah, ain't you the AC guy? Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah I could fix it for you Yeah, here's my computer it, I got Sonny on speed dial now That's funny <laughs> But you... I mean, I'm friends with all the maintenance, all the custodial. Oh yeah, you have to be. Man, I used you to. You got to be friends with those people. I was the
1: only guy. There was a maintenance table, mm-hmm. like where all the maintenance guys sit. I was yeah. the only one that was sitting over there with them. Yeah. Buy tacos, bringing some breakfast burritos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then I'd be like, "Hey, Jack, can you come check? Oh yeah, I'll be right over there." Yeah. And then the other guys would be like, "How, how, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How come your efficiency numbers are so good?" Well, guess what? My machines ain't broke because when the maintenance men don't have nothing to do, they just come hang out on my area, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, and while y'all over there at y'all's <laughs> table laughing and pointing and making fun of, I'm been chilling with them.
0: You For know? me, yeah. my job, it's the bussers and the hostess. Yeah. There you go. All the other servers are always complaining. Oh, I can't believe they sat me like this. It's stupid. How come they don't ever clean my tables? It takes forever. I got to bust my own table. And... All you got to do in my job is just not be a jerk and not complain about it. Yeah, thank you. That's it. If you Say can just, thank you, build yeah, relationships. Appreciate it. That's yeah. it. All you do is just be a normal person. Help them person. every once in a while. Because when, yeah, of course. you. I mean, everybody's it's supposed really to It's really not that hard. You mean be right. a servant, have priorities,
1: build relationships, <laughs> yeah. and have a great team around you? That's it.
3: You mean me like it. Yeah, yeah. be like Jesus. Yeah, be like Jesus. Oh, man. It's true. It ain't that hard. Everybody
0: likes a taco.
3: And everybody likes to be told thank you. Yeah. Honestly, it. though,
0: to, I think the key, well, one of the keys to all this leadership stuff is just being humble. Because if you're being humble, like, like I said in my situation, I'm not going to complain about them because most of those people are complaining. They're acting as if these people are beneath them mm-hmm. and all like, I don't care. I'll go over there and clean my own table. They're busy. There's only one dude. We're short tonight. Whatever. I'll make it happen and I won't complain about it. But if you're humble, you're going to do all these things and it's not going to be a problem. You're going to be okay being the armor bearer from time to time. You're going to be okay building relationships with the guys at the quote at the bottom. Right. You know, you're not going to think you're too good for any of that stuff. But all that stuff's what's going to help make you be the leader that you need to be. Awesome. Yeah, that's good.
1: Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for stopping by, man. It was good talking about leadership. And when I look at you guys, I mean, I, I see <laughs> leaders in our church and, and in your families and stuff like that. So yeah. it's awesome to hang out with y'all and talk about it. So, Likewise. all right. Well, I guess we'll see you next week.
3: Yo. Serve somebody.
2: And
0: we love you. This is the Refuge Project.